What's up, everybody? And we are fully immersed into the playoffs. The NFL is rocking right now. Wild card is over. Divisional rounds have ended. And this weekend coming up, you got the championship rounds. You got four teams left. Two teams will make it. And we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl pretty soon. And there's a familiar foe that's still lurking around in the playoffs. And we all know who that is. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. And without giving them any more attention than they don't deserve, why don't we get into this week and see what's going on. So this past weekend was a really good weekend for football. You had the Browns and the Chiefs. You had the Bills and the Ravens. You had the Packers and the Rams. You had the Buccaneers and the Saints. All some really good games. You had Drew Brees before this game say it may be his last. Most likely is his last And then he goes out there and put on a performance that he certainly would not want that to be his last. Uh, He turned over the ball, I believe it was three times. Uh, Every one of those turnovers led to a scoring drive by the Buccaneers. And you know, I mean, you can't give Tom Brady an opportunity uh, to be in the red zone or to be, you know, get a turnover and be in a position to where he can make a play. It's just something that you can't do. Uh, But we saw some really good things. We saw some really good football this weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, The Browns were not able to pull it out against the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes went down uh, mid in the fourth quarter, had a concussion. Uh, Chad Henney came in and did what he was supposed to do as a backup. He carried the team, kept kept the lead. He helped them get the win. And so now you have the Chiefs and the Bills facing for the AFC Championship. Should be a very interesting matchup. I'm going with the Bills. I think that the Bills fans have suffered enough. Bills fans, you know, we know the whole adage, boy, I love losing Super Bowls. They lost four Super Bowls in a row. Uh, they're just really unlucky team, but they've been able to drive out of that doghouse, put together a really, really solid football team. Great young quarterback in Josh Allen, solid defense. They have some guys and some pieces of puzzle that can really make things happen. And then to make things better, obviously, to make it a little more interesting for me as a Raider fan, They have a lot of former Raiders on the team. You know, you've got John Feliciano. You have Lee Smith. You have Taiwan Jones. So, to me, I look at the Bills as like the Raiders of the East. It's a blue-collar team. Working-class fan base. Crazy fan base. I mean, these guys are putting each other through tables. These guys are out there in, you know, below freezing temperatures and going through tables and, you know, wearing their no shirts and out there painting themselves. The, The Bills Mafia is nuts. Um, so, you know, much, much respect to Bill's Mafia, much props to them. Uh, but that's, you know, that's who I want to see. I'd love to see the Bills and I'd love to see the Packers go at it. Um, you know, what Aaron Rodgers has done this year is phenomenal. You see the, the Packers draft a quarterback in the first round. They get Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers took that personally. You know, he, you look at the last dance and Aaron Rodgers basically is the face of that Michael Jordan meme. And he took that personally and he went out and put together an MVP season. And I would be remiss if he didn't win MVP. I know obviously uh, the league's favorite is Pat Mahomes, but realistically Aaron Rodgers should be winning that MVP trophy. And so it would be really cool to see those guys go at it, uh, to see the bills, the Packers go out of the old versus young, the California boys go at it, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what, what goes down. Now, as we look around the league, there have been a lot of changes, a lot of things that have gone on. 
one of the things that I'm going to touch on real quick is the Raiders have, you know, obviously they fired their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, uh, late in the season, right before the Charger game. Uh, a, a fire that certainly was a little bit too late, but it was something that needed to be done. And the Raiders have finally hired a defensive coordinator, and they brought in Gus Bradley. Bradley was most recently the defensive coordinator at the L.A. Chargers. He also was the orchestrator of the Legion of Boom defense up in Seattle, that Super Bowl winning defense. Those guys on that team were a lot of young players that were put together. Not a lot of top picks, uh, but he put those guys together. And that's one of the reasons that John Gruden brought him in. Uh, He sees Gus Bradley as a guy that can put together a defense and put together a defense that is easy enough for the younger players to grasp and to execute. One of the knocks on Paul Gunther that a lot of people have said is that he has a very complicated defense, that he would throw a lot of stuff at his players, and he would put stuff at his players that nobody knew what was going on during the game situations. So this is a great opportunity for the young players, because we have a very young defense, to go out, learn this defense, and execute. And hopefully, you know, Gus Bradley holds true to what he's done over the years. He's had a number of top 10 defenses. If this defense for the Raiders can even get to the middle of the pack, if this defense can be 15th, 19th, 20th, the Raiders have a significant shot of being much better. You know, the offense was a top 10 offense. The the Raiders had a great deal of scoring drives. They did great in the red zone. Now, obviously, the, the touchdowns weren't there sometimes. It was sometimes field goals, but the Raiders scored. They get down there, they scored. Points were put on the board. The defense had a hard time holding leads, and that was the issue that the Raiders faced a lot of times. So if Gus Bradley can help with that, if he can motivate these players, then the defense is going to get that much better. The Raiders are hopefully looking for something better on that side. Now, Gus Bradley, one of the things that really excited me was that he said he wanted to bring in some strength up front. He wanted to build the defensive tackles, build up the defensive line, and go from there. Now, we know that that's the the lifeblood, right? You know, me as a defensive lineman, I'm looking there. I'm salivating at the fact that they're going to be adding in more defensive line help. If you have a good pass rush, if you can stop the run, that flows through everything. It's just like on the offense. If you have a good offensive line, you can do a lot of things. You don't even need to have a top 10 running back. And with a good offensive line, he's going to get yards. He's going to get 100 yards a game if you have a line that can block. So to have a defensive line that can get after it, the defensive line that can hold it at the line, that can stop running backs, that can stop quarterbacks, that adds so much more to the defense. A couple guys that I'm looking at, uh, a couple guys that I would love to to add to that defensive line, uh, one would be Big Cat, and that's Leonard Williams. You know, right now he's in New York. He got traded to the Giants. The Giants may franchise him. Who knows? Hopefully they don't. Uh, because he's a player that has wanted to be a Raider since he was being drafted, grew up in Southern California, was a product of USC, and he would fit the Raiders' defense perfectly. Um, If the Raiders don't go that route, there's Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Uh, There's some players out there that that have really stood out to me that I would love to have, Uh, but I'm excited about the fact that the Raiders are going to build the defense from the defensive line, and I'm excited to see how they do it and when they start doing it. As soon as free agency starts, I'm, I'm excited because then we can start talking more about what's going on with the Raiders. Because right now, hey, we're not in the playoffs. So I'm talking about everybody else and how much I hate KC. 
Now, looking around the league, there have been a lot of coaches fired this offseason. Um, you know, Anthony Lynn got fired from the Chargers. You had Matt Patricia, who got fired from Detroit. You had uh, Adam Gase fired in New York. The list goes on and on and on. But one of the things that we don't see is we're not seeing a lot of minorities getting those head coaching positions. Now, obviously, they're getting interviews because of the Rooney rule. Uh, but these coaches aren't getting the, the positions. Now, you have Robert Saleh, who got hired, and great hire. New York, I think he's a guy that can turn that team around. Great defensive mind, good leader. You saw what he did in San Francisco. Uh, and he took some of his coaches with him. So he took the passing game coordinator with him. Uh, he took a couple other coaches. He's a guy that's going to be able to turn that around. And I'm excited to see what he does over there. I'm also curious to see what he does if he keeps Darnold or if they go with a quarterback. You know, you're looking at the second pick. Do they take Justin Fields? Does Urban Meyer, who is a new coach down in Jacksonville, does he take Justin Fields because of the Ohio State blood? Uh, or do they go Trevor Lawrence, which is obviously kind of the no-brainer pick at, at one or two. Um, but we look around the league, we look at some of these hirings, and we see a lot of coaches that aren't minorities getting positions. And then we see minorities who notably should get these positions that are not. Uh, and one name that always stands out for the past two years especially is Eric Bieniemy. Now we've seen what he's done over in Kansas City, and of course everybody wants to first default with, well, that's Andy Reid's offense. Yes, it is Andy Reid's team. Yes, it is Andy Reid's offense, but Eric Bieniemy is also somebody who's calling those plays as well. Andy Reid is not the main signal caller. Eric Bieniemy draws up a lot of the plays. He implements a lot of those plays. He's calling those plays on the sideline. He's also been very instrumental in the success of Pat Mahomes. Uh, he's also instrumental in the success of the Chiefs offense. Uh, so to say that you know he's just a clipboard holder, uh, I would say that that is false. You know, we look at the Houston Texans, and this was a team that, you know, where they needed a general manager and they needed a head coach. And my first pick was a guy who I think is one of the smartest minds in football right now, and that's Lewis Riddick. You know, Lewis Riddick was the first person to interview for that job, and it seems like it was just a Rooney Rule interview. He interviewed for it, and ultimately... Cal McNair and the Texans brass decided to go with Nick Casario, another guy from New England. Now, how many guys from New England have we seen get jobs and fall flat on their face? Now, before I get into that, let's take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up with your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now let's get back into this. So most notably, the Houston Texans have had Bill O'Brien as their head coach, who came from that Bill Belichick coaching tree out of New England. Uh, We've seen a lot of coaches, like I said, fall flat on their face coming out of New England. You had Josh McDaniels. You had Matt Patricia. Uh, Now, there are some good ones. You got Brian Flores, who has turned that team around down in Miami. And, you know, you could even arguably say that Mike Vrabel is from the Belichick tree. He wasn't somebody who coached under him, but he was somebody who played under him for a long time. He was a leader on that defense. And he's definitely somebody who made an impact in that in that organization. Uh, I wouldn't say that he came directly from the coaching tree because obviously he wasn't a coach for him, uh, but he definitely did learn a lot. Now, as we look at that Belichick coaching tree, the reason I bring that up is because rumor around the league is that the reason Eric Bieniemy is not getting jobs is because he comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. And they talk about the success of coaches under the Andy Reid coaching tree. Well, here's a couple coaches that came from working under Andy Reid. And let's see how they fared in the NFL. You have John Harbaugh, who has won a Super Bowl. You have Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl. He just got fired from the Eagles. But let's face it, Eagles fans and the Eagles are a very impatient team. But he was a guy that brought... The Eagles, their very first Super Bowl. Ron Rivera has been to the Super Bowl. He just recently led his Washington football team to the playoffs and did all this while battling cancer. So, you know, hats off to Ron Rivera. Uh, Sean McDermott, who's playing in the AFC champ or who's coaching in the AFC championship this weekend. Brad Childress, who was a pretty good coach, never had a lot of success. Matt Nagy, who was coaching in the playoffs this this past couple weeks. Leslie Frazier, 
Todd Bowles. And so there's there's some there's some names in there that definitely stand out as coaches who have had some success in the league. Now, obviously, there are other coaches that haven't had a lot of success. Um, you know, Todd Bowles is one who didn't have a lot of success, but he was also handed um, a poorly run franchise and wasn't given a lot of tools to succeed. Um, and that's one of the things that we see. And I'll probably get into this in more depth uh, at a later time. But you know, we talk about some of the things that we've seen around the league. And, you know, Eric Bieniemy is a guy that definitely deserves a job. And I'd be remiss to say that if he doesn't get a job, it's it's definitely not because of his coaching pedigree. Uh, and that's, that's all I'm going to get into uh, with that on that. But, you know, with that situation, that is now left to Sean Watson in a situation where he is not happy. Uh, he was told that he was going to be part of the hiring decision for head coach and general manager. That wasn't uh, the truth. He was told that, you know, he had told the brass that he wanted to interview Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy. They hadn't, uh, only until he stopped responding to calls and texts from Cal McNair did they finally interview Eric Bieniemy. Um, so Deshaun Watson is extremely frustrated with the organization. And, and remind you, he just signed a huge contract extension. He's the face of their franchise. Uh, he had 4,800 yards this past season. I mean, he is a guy who really, really tried to put the team on his back. He tried to do everything he could to, to get him some wins. Obviously, uh, the 4-12 and record doesn't show um, all the work that he put in. But... You know, they had a bad defense, much like the Raiders. Um, you know, the funny thing is they actually, I mean, their defense was pretty neck and neck with, with the Raiders and, and how the Raiders performed. Um, the Raiders were just able to pull out four more wins um, against, you know, teams that are in the playoffs and teams that were that were definitely with winning records. So, you know, looking at Deshaun Watson and, and the situation, it's going to be a very interesting situation because he's now sitting in Houston. He pretty much controls his destiny. He has a no-trade clause, but he can waive that if he requests it. And so what that means is that if Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, he can say, I want out of Houston, waive my no-trade clause, and they can move him. They cannot move him without his consent. That means that he can go wherever he wants to go. If a team comes and they, they're calling and they're looking for him and he doesn't want to go there, he doesn't have to waive that no trade clause. But if he has a team that he would like to go to, he can waive the no trade clause and he can become a member of that team if the trade happens. It's something definitely to keep an eye on. It's a situation to keep an eye on because Deshaun Watson is obviously one of the most prolific passers in the game right now. Uh, he's a dynamic playmaker. He's a guy that wants to get wins. He's a guy that wants to get things done. And he was just removed from the playoffs. And from that playoff team, Bill O'Brien blew up the roster. Blew up the roster and then got himself fired. And it seemed almost like it was a spiteful move to move on from DeAndre Hopkins you have J.J. Watt, who is now requesting a trade. He wants out. You have people that don't want to be part of that organization, and that's an organization that has not been run well from the get. 
when they started, you know, they spent their first pick. They drafted David Carr. They didn't surround him with an offensive line, and they got him destroyed year in and year out. You have Andre Johnson, who is the Texans' all-time leading receiver. They wasted his career in Houston. You know, they did DeAndre Hopkins a favor by trading him. He went to Arizona, and, you know, he's got a quarterback where he's able to flourish. And now, of course, Arizona still has some growing pains. They're a young team. They're in a very tough division where you have, you know, the Niners, when healthy, are a great team. You have the Seahawks, are a good team. You have the Rams, who are a playoff team. So you have a division with three playoff teams. And realistically, the NFC West has always been a really tough division, especially in the past couple decades. But you look at some of these teams that could be courting Deshaun Watson. Now we talk about the Niners when it, when healthy could be a good team. He That's a team that could definitely use Deshaun Watson. You know, you don't know what the future is with Jimmy G. He's had injury concerns. He's got a very big salary. Um, he's taken the team to the Super Bowl, but he hasn't been healthy. And, you know, the question mark is there is, is Jimmy the guy going forward? That could be an option. You have the Bears who have openly said that they are looking to move on at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option didn't get picked up. They signed Nick Foles in the offseason. He wasn't the same Nick Foles that led the Eagles to a Super Bowl. Uh, they've got some money issues that they're going to need to move around. They have a, a very expensive defensive end that the Raiders would love to have back, but obviously that's a pipe dream. But, you know, looking at the quarterback position, that may be an option for them. You look down at the Saints. You know, the Saints have Drew Brees, who probably played his last game last Sunday. And now they have a backup in Jameis Winston who could definitely get the job done. But if Deshaun Watson is there and he wants to go to New Orleans, I mean, that's an instant upgrade. There's also Miami, who, of course, they have two who they spent a first-round pick on. But Miami has a lot of picks. And if you're looking at a rookie who had some struggles late in the season versus a proven veteran who, you know, is pretty locked in and just needs a good defense, that might be a good option. So there's some teams out there. There's some options out there. There's some opportunities out there for Deshaun Watson to go somewhere where he would be recognized, where he would be respected, where he would be honored and where he's not going to be pushed around and pushed aside and not told things that aren't going to happen and not disrespected by his ownership, by his leadership, by the team brass. And I think at the end of the day, that's what players want. They want to be respected. They want to feel like they have a say. They want to feel like they have a voice. They want to feel like if you tell them that they are a part of the organization, that they are a huge part of the organization, that they're a focus of the organization, that they're going to be treated like that. And that's what Deshaun Watson is looking for. You know, Deshaun Watson has clearly 
showed his frustration. And his frustrations are incredibly perfectly valid. So it'll be interesting to see how the Texans play this. It'll be interesting to see how Deshaun Watson plays this. You know, this is going to be a really weird year. The NFL has already said that they're not going to be doing the combine as we know it. It's not going to be in Indianapolis. They're not going to have the in-person interviews. They're not going to have the in-person workouts, the in-person psych evals. So this is going to be a really weird time. And, you know, I posed this question on my Twitter that with the NFL combine not being what it is, you know, with last season's college season being so sporadic, do you, as a general manager, do you as a fan want to see teams go with trading picks for proven talent or still fulfilling through the draft? You know, we've seen some teams that don't do well in the draft. We've seen some teams that don't pick as well as others. And so that will be a very interesting thing to see. It'll be very interesting to see how teams go. Um, I look at the Raiders and I, I wonder – how the Raiders are going to do. The Raiders need some help. They need help on the defensive line. They need help in the secondary. Those are two areas that need major upgrades. Um, Offensively, the Raiders don't need a lot of work. They need some pieces. They need some offensive line help. You know, you have to ask, is, is Richie Incognito going to be able to come back from his Achilles injury? That's $6 million. Is Trent Brown going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to play? You know, in the past two years, we haven't had him on the field for a whole season. Uh, and that's $14 million on the salary cap. And if he's healthy at right tackle, $14 million is a steal. But if he's not healthy, $14 million is a huge cap hit. And the Raiders could use that on another right tackle. So those are going to be some questions. Then you obviously look at the running back position. The Raiders need somebody to spell Josh Jacobs. I would love a power back. I'd love a big back. You know, Najee Harris would be my dream, but I don't see the Raiders spending a first round pick on another running back. So, you know, you got to look into the draft. You got to look in, you know, late rounds or do you look in free agency? So there's some players out there that, you know, could make some, make some waves, make some splashes, but you know, there's just a few things on offense that need to be tweaked. Offensively, they don't need to do a lot. I'd bring back Nelson Aguilar. And I would just work on perfecting that offense, getting getting Hunter Renfro more involved, getting Henry Ruggs up to speed, getting Brian Edwards involved, and obviously getting Foss Moreau involved as well. Defensively, the Raiders are going to have to spend a lot of money and a lot of draft capital on that defense. And Gus Bradley has his work cut out for him. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens these next few months, how things get implemented, how systems get put in, how defenses get formed. And then, you know, we have a lot to talk about as the season and the offseason progress. So let's all get ready for Championship Sunday. You got some big games. You got the Packers and the Buccaneers, and you got the Bills and the Chiefs. And like I say, anybody but Tom Brady or KC. So let's go Packers. Let's go Bills. And I'll be back at you soon.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.